0: Hello and welcome to What About The Music, a podcast brought to you by So Stereo. For today's guests, we're joined by Squeaky Clean Studios executive creative producer Chris Clark and creative director Julie Nichols. In a rapidly evolving landscape, the creative duo works together to meet the original music and audio post needs of clients like BMW, Meta, Nintendo, Beats by Dre and Coca-Cola. So let's
1: tune into this week's episode with your host, Beto Azut.
0: All right, Chris, Julie, so good to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Hey, thank you for having us.
0: Appreciate
2: it, Beto. Thank you, man.
0: No, it's a pleasure. Obviously, we're here to talk about music and, and you two have a lot of experience working in the music and advertising world. So we'd love to hear more about what you guys do now, where you guys work at and what your roles are like.
1: I'll kick it off, Chris. Chris and I are both fortunate enough to be working at Squeaky Clean Studios in the Chicago office. I'm a creative director and composer there. Chris is our executive creative producer. In my role as a creative director, it's cool at Squeak. I love it because the creative directors also get to compose. So I started as a composer and was just working all the time on different campaigns and writing music and then became a creative director, still get to do the composition aspect, which I love so much and have been doing for a long time. Um, And now I get to be more involved in the kind of larger creative process, how we're working with the creatives, with the brand, with the agency, and then translating all of that and working with all of our composers as well. So that's like the brief overview of what I do right now at Squeak.
0: Did you always, like, if we go back to the first time you got in the advertising world, did you always knew that you wanted to be in the ad world? You always... Knew that music was your passion.
1: I always knew that music was my passion for sure. Yeah, music. I started like playing music when I was a kid. You know, when I was ten, and then it quickly became obvious. Like, oh, you're not going to do anything else. Like this. (laughs) This is like, figure out a way to make this work. You know, I was working before I started in advertising. I bridged into advertising from my job previous when I was the music director at Second City in Chicago, and I was working with so many actors and comedians who being natural comedic writers, they started working in advertising as freelancers. And so then I started getting hired to work directly with agencies to do scoring in that way. So it's sort of like I happened into it and I loved it because at Second City, I don't know if you've seen shows there, Beto, and I know, Chris, you've been there, but, you know, a lot of what we do is, is improvisation. And so every night after the show that's pretty much scripted, we do an improv set. And so I would improvise on piano and other instruments along with the actors scenes. And so it was like scoring little mini scenes or you know films or whatever that go on for five minutes or three minutes or 30 seconds. And when I started scoring commercials, I was like, oh my God, this is the same thing, except I get a million chances to get it right. You know? <laughs>
2: But if any clients or brands out there want to challenge Julie to improv a 30 uh, for an immediate demo, she'll
0: take the challenge. So I'm waiting for that call. We might have to challenge you there. What about you, Chris? How did you get in the ad world?
2: It's a long story. I won't bore you too many details. It involved me falling in love with creative writing, marketing, advertising to a certain degree, searching music and marketing on Craigslist. (laughs) Finding an initial gig at a music company in New York, transition to the agency life, and now ending up at a a big bad six studio company where you know everything that I did on the agency side—original music, supervision, um, negotiation, experiential, and uh, you know just music solution creating in general—I get to to do now in the capacity of the vendor partner, which is interesting, and I think that that's. Something that when Julie was describing the creative director role in the company, that that's also something that's really unique about how we work together between ECP and CD role. All of our ECPs have client experience, whether it be brand agency or brand and agency. So the collaboration with a creative director and composer like Julie is super fluid. And it's something where we've experienced working together when I was technically the client. Now we're behind the curtain in a hyper creative capacity, just working together on, you know, we need to assign this composer this and we need to have this composer try this different hybrid arrangement and all these different solutions where I have a sense of what might work um, from the client approval standpoint. And she knows exactly what needs to happen from the musical and, and creative standpoint. So when you have that combo in the leadership roles for all of our projects i think it's something that ends up uh, leading to our success a lot of times especially with original music
0: no that's that's great to hear and with this podcast kind of like the mission that we have is to make music more important in advertising and we often feel sometimes not all the times but sometimes that it gets you know it's the last line item it's something that certain production teams so they, they leave for the end so with this podcast we want to interview creative people like yourselves creative directors right everyone that has a role to play within an advertising agency uh tell us about the stories the music uh how that comes up why has it been successful how has it been successful share those stories to prove how important music is and the value that it can provide and and just makes everything better that we do so it's it's good to hear how you work together as a team right And, and so excited about this conversation, excited to hear more about the projects you've worked on. Curious to hear more about, you know, any projects that you want to highlight where music played a pivotal role and why was it successful?
1: Yeah, so we did a project recently that was so awesome and inspiring and music was so important where we worked uh, with the Martin Agency out of New York um, to do a spot for TIAA for Women's Month, and it was to highlight pay inequity and how women end up with so much less in their, you know, savings and IRAs and all that sort of stuff. So it was really important to the agency because of the content of the commercial um, to have the entire team be female. So like DP, editor, everyone on set, creative director, composers, like everybody, producers, our CFO is, is female at our company. Like everyone who touched the project is a female and it was really great to see that sort of thing really desired and followed through with you know what i mean like it was like from top to bottom so and even what was more exciting about it was that they came to us and were like we want this to be baller badass hard rap hip-hop trap music (laughs) you know underneath this footage of women who are getting up and grinding through their days because they can and they have to. And like the kind of tag for it was we do more and how women do more work very often and get paid less and also our mothers and also our wives, daughters, family members, whatever. And um, their first thing, they're like, we don't want it to be sad mom music. I was like, thank you so much. Like, we don't want to do that either. They're sending us references like, you know, Audrey Nuna and Lion Babe and, you know, stuff that's just like, really hard women doing really hard music and it was such a thrill to get to gather all our female composers of which we have many in our network and on staff we have three on staff which i think is great and then we've got a lot in our network and everyone brought such heat to it and it really did take a picture that could have been interpreted as like you know this uplifting piano stuff or something that's more like look at these women and tugging at the heartstrings it's like no, look at these women who are just like killing it with this music that you would hear on an Adidas commercial or a Nike commercial, right? And that was such a cool one to be involved with, and it's out now and it looks incredible. We had sound design done by Sarah Crone, who's an in- another incredible woman, a sound engineer and post engineer.
0: When did that one air?
1: I think it came out like a couple weeks ago, right, Chris? I know that it was it was coming out in time for Women's Month.
0: Yeah, first week of March. I'm pretty sure it dropped. Yep. When did you first get briefed on the project?
1: They had shot, but there wasn't an edit yet. Um, so we, and it was a very quick turnaround.
0: So that, that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at is kind of like, how did it first come about? And then how quick did you have to, you know, move? Cause sometimes like, I mean, there's, there's projects where you have, you know, you have time. Is is with you and and you can plan and you can execute different things and try different things and and work along with the client. But sometimes you just have to go so fast and deliver, right? Curious if this one had, you know, what was the timeline like with this one?
1: We always relish when we get a long timeline to be able to, you know, create and explore along with the client and the you know the agency to to help them find out what they want. This one was a faster turnaround, but they came in with exactly what they wanted. And that also made it crystal clear of like, great, we can absolutely execute this in five days for you. You know, I think you know, initial demos needed to turn around in, I don't know, three days or something like that, which is a medium timeline. I mean, I think I think
0: for us on the vendor side, it's it's amazing when you get a brief and you can tell when you get a brief that you know you don't have any questions. You just you can just work right away because it's so well outlined, they know exactly what they want, right? They also establish those parameters. So like as vendors, right? Like, we we, we appreciate that and we love that because, like, it tells us that the client really is prepared and they've taken the time to, like, speak amongst themselves, like, what works best, what doesn't work best for us, and, and then present better options for us. And then, in turn, the, the end product is so much better.
1: It's so much better. Yeah. It's just like they came in with these, especially these two references that they loved, that they had written why they liked it, they had written what they wanted to avoid. And, you know, then it's like, great. Then we know exactly how to do that. Then we got picture. They already had selects once we got pictures. So we were only, you know, applying a certain amount of, you know, maybe three or four tracks after turning in like 12 or something to picture. And then, you know, you know how it is. Once you get a picture, you're like, oh, now I get it. You know, like, especially this thing was really fast and cuddy, and it was supposed to have that kind of like you know, not, not hectic nature, but just very busy. And like, we're going, we're going, we're going lots of VO, lots of sound design. So once we saw all that together, we were really able to, you know, hone it in for that. Um, and then getting over the finish line was, was fun, but yeah, it was fast, but they knew. So it didn't feel frustrating. Like it sometimes does. Like you're saying when they're like, we don't know. And we need it in two days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. Part of our time is like hot, like what do they mean by this, right? I mean, we're, we're on the vendor side and, and most of our guests in, with this podcast, all of them have been on agency side, right? But it's, it's always dissecting a brief is an art on its own. Right. Right. Even like, even gray briefs, even poor written briefs, like y- you have no option, but to just to understand as best as you can. Um, obviously you go back and ask questions and all that stuff for sure. But It's an art in its own.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the main things that I've learned coming to this side is how agency and brand side producers and creatives can be a little bit more efficient sometime. And we try to help guide them. And I'm sure that you do too. And it's something that over the course of like a, a client vendor or client partner relationship, you try to help them develop. And consult early on. I know you talk about the pitfalls of getting the last minute requests without enough time to really step up to the table and be a creative partner. That's the beauty of maintaining relationships over time and getting more than one shot with people. You know, like you have your clients, many of whom I know have been on the show, who keep giving you looks over and over and you build that working relationship and that efficiency and that collaboration. I mean, it's the same thing that we're doing internally across six different studios as a creative company, but we're all doing that with our clients as well. Um, And it's the type of thing that you get opportunities a little bit earlier as you start to raise your hand a little bit more. Take that early phone call. I always say one of my favorite parts of this being on this side is to actually be more of a consultant up front. So all of the producers and creatives that I've worked with over the years on agency side can call me early on the project, get all the free advice, take it or leave it that they want for seven different paths that they can go down to create a really cool music treatment. Here's all the things you can go, Hey, you can go to so stereo and I can get you, these amazing artists and they're going to be in budget and they're going to be culturally relevant. You know, I can do the uh, search for a famous song and do a re-record for you with, you know, what some of our, our artists that we work with, you want to release a full length, you know, do you want to just find something from our archives and customize it? There's so many different ways to look at it. And I even point people in the direction that doesn't involve squeaky clean often, which I think, you know, Beto, because I've just sent people to you before when it was something that was more in your wheelhouse, like that's part of the relationship is knowing that I'm going to be able to solve the problem myself most of the time, but I'm going to show you all the ways to do it. And that's when people bring you in earlier in the conversation, when you really show that strength of a of, uh, partnership.
0: For sure. And I, and I think that's, I mean, you're getting to something and it's it's about collaboration. It's why I was excited to bring you guys on here because it's about collaborating. It's about letting the advertising world about the options and one of the questions that I love asking is like, I ask a lot of producers, creatives, like, what advice would you give to aspiring creatives or aspiring producers on how to best work with music? And the and the thing that everyone mentions is obviously, know your people, know your like your relationships, who does what, when the time comes that you have a project, you have a plan, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and you have all these people that you can rely to. But those relationships, like all all of the vendors like we can collaborate with one another and i think that's something that we don't see that often we could see that more right for sure but it's it's a good point you're making chris there
1: yeah i love that it's like and i want to see that more and chris and i talk about that all the time of like we just want to see everybody win like we want to see everybody being successful and and working with each other collaborating with each other having a network and that's something that's also like so chicago to me is that our city is so good. There's so much overlap and people really like, you know, support each other and want to see each other win. There's always competition. That's fine. And some competition is healthy, but it's like to be able to have relationships that are like, you know, we want to work with any partners who could make the end product better.
0: I mean, I I agree 100% with you. Chicago is a special place. We've been lucky to, to have grown so much along the way. And but we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, how open people in Chicago were. The advertising industry in general, like there's a lot of great people and a lot of openness to work with new people, to discover new things, to innovate, to explore. But I think Chicago specifically, like they received what me and Sala were doing early on and with open arms. I always love uh, that city and and from the advertising world there, like it's just it was everything was so open. We
2: appreciate you, man. Still, still do. And uh, I'm glad that that you reflect upon our town in that way cuz that's that's important to like how we show up every day for clients but like i said our own people for you to be able to see that and observe that is cool cuz that means that our natural approach is working
0: no amazing amazing people amazing experience there uh, i'm curious uh you know what advice would you give to other producers in the advertising world as like how best to approach working on a music project a lot of agencies don't have the luxury of having music supervision teams or music production teams. So kind of like what advice would you give them to getting started in the music world?
2: One of my favorite opportunities that has opened up by being on this side, which is something I know you can appreciate a bit though, is if an agency producer or, or client in-house producer just gives you the call knows you well enough to give you a chance to have a conversation versus just give me a catalog search or something like that, you can effectively act as their in-house resource. I think that's something I'd already said that all of our executive creative producers have in-house client experience. And being able to advise the different things that you can do without necessarily being too pointed towards your own favorability. And when you can have that type of objective conversation with an agency producer, kind of be like the director of music that's given free phone calls to show you what you can do, and then go make your own decisions. Work with your creative team, work your network, make a couple other phone calls if you want. But when you're mapping out potential directors and production companies and all of that, hop on the phone with someone from a music company. I know you're gonna give free advice on all the things that you can do and they can do in general. If an agency producer just wants to kick around ideas with you, it's five, 10 minutes.
0: I think every vendor, I mean, I would be surprised, but I think every vendor would love to speak with a producer and just give free advice as to how best to approach something. I mean, if you're in in, in the business for the right reasons, if you really love music and that's your passion, Regardless if you get the brief or you get the project or not, like you you just love to talk with people in, in, in this world, right? And solve the problem. Like you're an expert in music and the treatment
2: of music in marketing, and we love to solve the problem. A hundred percent. A
0: hundred percent. Julie, you want to add anything there?
1: You know, I was just thinking in general, just like even then when you do, if we are working on the project, it is just like continuing to, to utilize us and, communicate with us as often as possible. Like asking all of the questions. And, you know, even if we're starting a project and you don't know how to write up the brief, or you're not sure how to give feedback, like, you know, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. We want to answer all of the questions. We want to help make things make sense for you. Because now Chris and I talk about like, we get all the time. Well, we don't, we don't know how to talk about music. And you guys, you guys know how to do that. It's like, you, you do know, you know what you want and we can help you figure out what you want. You know, I'm sure you get that all the time too, Beto. Like.
0: I mean, I think everyone has a role to play with the music. Everyone is a music fan. That's kind of like why we want to do this, to make sure that everyone understands how important they are to fulfilling music in, in, in all these spots.
2: I've lived that truth, Beto, because I was an account executive at Leo Burnett as my way in the door. And I didn't know I wasn't supposed to leave the creative music process. And a creative team, Patrick Reinell and team gave me a shot. And the first song I played them in a meeting was licensed for the next six years. I just didn't know. I I wasn't playing dumb. I was dumb and I was an account executive. So there's probably other people throughout the agency department hierarchy that have great opinions, can contribute to the process and collaboration from vendors to agencies partners, et cetera, and internally in their own organizations. That's always going to be the key, not, oh, I know cool music and you don't.
1: It can be so intimidating, I think. Yeah, because it's like, oh, people at music houses and, and vendors are like, they know everything and they've got all the coolest tastes and everything. Like, maybe, but also it's like, I've been listening to Chick for the last week. I don't know how hip that is, but do you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: That's cool. I mean, every song, every artist is cool.
1: Every artist is cool. And I feel like especially in advertising and same, obviously, with, with film scoring and television scoring, it's like it's about emotion. So it's like it's, you you know, as a human, having grown up on this planet, how music makes you feel and what music makes you feel certain ways. Right. And it's like that that's the heartbeat. That's the guiding light of what you need to know. You don't need to know. What is on the top 40 every day and what the newest, you know, Phoebe Bridgers song, whatever, right? It's like, you need to know how this makes you feel and what your gut reaction is to things. And that is the most important because we're trying to reach an audience on an emotional level. Having that sort of confidence and, you know, comfort and trust coming to us and saying, you know, we want to have this sort of feeling. Can you help us figure out how to capture it in an interesting way? Like that's our wheelhouse and that's what we want to do, you know? you know,
0: that's, that's great advice for sure. And, and for me, it's when I get a brief, my number one goal, even more important than winning the, the deal and, and getting the spot and getting the placement is obviously hitting the brief. I mean, obviously if you hit the brief, you're, you're going to get the it's a higher chance. You're going to get the placement, but like, that's number one goal, hitting the brief, the rest we can't control, but the more you hit the brief, right. The more people come back. Right. And, and I think it's like about what you said, like it's how people feel and, and you need to really pay attention, like take the time to assess, okay, how do I feel when I see this? How do I feel when I hear this? Like process those feelings and, and that's kind of like when you'll know if you're hitting or, it or not, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like watching the spot with no sound and just seeing what you feel and what you think the story is, even without a VO. Turning all that off and just listening to the music and how do you feel with that? And what are the differences and how can we combine them? Like that's such a fun part of the puzzle. But you're right, like, you know, you can hit the brief and you should hit the brief as best as you can. And then it's objectivity and subjectivity. And it's like there's then it's a little bit more out of your hands, but the front part and the middle part, if you do get the job and you get to work with them with revisions and feedback, is just getting really granular into the nitty gritty with them about why this works. And that for, for me, for all of us here, like that's when it gets really interesting and fun. That's challenging.
0: I wanted to ask you both what direction would you like to see, like in terms of music and advertising? Where, where is it going?
2: I think we want to continue making progress with what types of artists and music are represented in marketing communications in general. It's always going to be a reflection of the culture and certain trends within culture. And for the last 20 years, the media and platforms that uh, those trends are being reflected upon. But there's a big opportunity with all of the sociocultural implications of you know, even the last several years right now for new artists and underrepresented voices and viewpoints to be represented in actual commercial culture. I mean, we we had a project last year where the brief from Dan Kuypers and his team at, at BBDO was to try like a Pan-African dance track that reflected the music that is like, blowing up in the subcultures of various African countries, and to really push an angle like that for a premium tequila brand. I mean, that's the type of change that you want to see from creatives on the agency side. That was an original project, let alone just licensing something existing. I know you have artists all over the world. Like pushing those different styles and different voices, you want to see those adding up versus just the same trap song or the the same swagger brass
0: song that we've all been licensing for years. You love seeing when a brand takes those risks and and is bold and is unexpected. And that's kind of like how they can draw up the audience. I say that like when you're looking at an ad, if you hear a song that you've heard so many times, you're probably not going to pay attention. I mean, you hear that all the time in the radio or in Spotify, Top 40, whatever it is. But like, if you listen to something like, oof, you know, that skank face when you listen to, oh, oof, that's good. You know, like um, that's the reaction that you want to capture. And that's how people are going to pay attention and be like, wow, that's cool. Let me just add that.
2: And there's certain brands that are confident enough. I mean, it's part of their entire ethos at this point to take those risks. And you just wish that it was more common to take those types of risks, to push composers like Julie and our various teams to be able to put together the pieces to make something or go find the artist that needs that look, like pushing stuff to what might not make sense on the surface
0: is a pretty cool way to go about it. Yep. Kind of like when producers and creators are talking about a brief and a project, Like, do we go the artist route or do we go the composition route? I mean, but there's a world where you can do both and there's a world where you can look for artists that, that have their affairs in order, that have stems, that have, you know, their sessions backed up. Uh, they don't get lost somewhere, but, <laughs> but there's a world where you can get all of those that, uh, wonderful artists that
1: have music out there and then, and then customize that, right? There's a giant world where that coexists. It's like most artists, I think, many artists being approached like that are going to be like, yes, I can customize this for a campaign. You can really get creative with getting, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Beto, we've seen that
2: reality come to life in a couple of different ways. One, we've worked on projects with you where it's a campaign series and we license some of your artists for a couple of spots and we do original composition on a couple other spots and they're all living within the same strategic music point of view everybody wins and the brand wins first and foremost because they have artist tracks and then other tracks where people are trying to say what you know what is that that's the world that we're playing in now like everything is creatively viable and we all are building these
0: networks that intersect to be able to come up with a cool solution it's more of a mindset right collaborating don't put any boundaries on anything everything is possible type of thing that's that's the mindset that we need to have for sure before we wrap up i'm curious and i always like to ask this like what what type of music are you vibing to right now what are you listening to is there any song
1: that you want to highlight or any artist that you're digging I mean, if you don't know Chick Corea's children's songs, the album Children's Songs, it's really stunning and beautiful. It's all obviously so, it's solo piano. It's like 1984, I think. It's just incredible. I mean, I spent the weekend with the new Charlie X, E, X record. Loved it. And then on the other to represent my darker side of my life, I, I got to go see Nick Cave and Warren Ellis at the Auditorium Theater, and it blew my mind open. So, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Track and an album. Track? I've been obsessed for the last couple of weeks
2: with the track Sweet Candy by the band Choir Boy, band from Deus Records in L.A. Unbelievable, like super new wavy, melodically sound, hooky, kind of an homage to the Smiths and some other bands from that era. But the, the, the album that I cannot stop listening to, and I wish that I could say I had no bias here, is our buddy Justin Horry. He, he has an artist project called Hapa Sam, and it is the smartest, most cutting, like, pop R&B. Like, it's kind of in the vein of your Rex Orange County, Benny Sings, but a little bit less, like, gloss on the production, a little bit more, like, hip-hop sensibility. And the lyrics are just so smart. That EP is called Pandemic Blues, and it will capture how you felt for the last couple years and or if you ever fall in love.
0: There you go. I mean, there's some amazing tips for all of you listening, for sure. Chris and Julie, thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. Glad we got a chance to chat, and thank you so much. Appreciate you, Beto. This
1: was fun.